Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. I am currently in my hotel room down here in Sarasota, Florida, uh, recording this intro. I've actually been down here um, for spring training for almost two weeks now, and the weather has definitely not disappointed. Um, actually, one of my fellow co-workers, uh, Matt Packer, was able to introduce me to his former head coach, Dan Simons, and actually mentioned that I should... Uh, take a look at some of the cool stuff that he is currently doing over at IMG Academy. And so I didn't really know what IMG Academy was, so I ended up doing some research. Then I reached out to Dan, and a day later, I was actually over at IMG uh, recording uh, this episode with Dan, and the experience was incredible. Um, Being able to see all the facilities firsthand, I was blown away with everything that was offered there. And I just think that every baseball fan will enjoy listening uh, to this episode about IMG Academy and exactly what Dan does there. Um, it, it is really one of the most interesting schools in the country. It's a, it's a preparatory school, so most of the kids do actually live there. Um, majority of the kids are in high school, and a lot of them are from all around the world. And they offer several sports, including baseball. And in this episode, Dan actually talks about what it's like to be a baseball player there and what a typical day is like at IMG. And we also talk about you know, how they're able to get some of the best players in the country to attend IMG um, every year. The cost to attend uh, IMG is $80,000 a year. And Dan has an, actually a very deep history in baseball, even before he was the director of baseball at IMG. Um, he was the Division I head coach at Miami, Ohio University, where he coached 32 MLB draft picks, 24 All-Mac selections, 5 MAC Freshman of the Year, and 17 academic All-Mac student-athletes while at Miami. So please join me in welcoming on Dan Simons. All right, we are now live with Dan Simons, who is the director of baseball at IMG Academy. Uh, Dan, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. So this is my first time here, actually, at IMG, and I'm kind of looking at uh, out your office window um, over at the, some of the baseball facilities. This place is unbelievable. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's come a long way. You know, we've uh, you know we've been here now uh, seven years, and uh, we only had two fields. You know, just seven years ago. Now we're up to six fields. Uh, we've got three half fields, you know, we've got over 14 cages, uh, you know, 14 bullpen mounds. So it's really grown. Uh, we've seen the program go to, you know, where we had 75 kids uh, back in, in 2014 uh, with about four teams to where we have 10 teams now and just north of 180 kids. So it's grown considerably. So take me through, like, what what's uh, going to a school here as a baseball player? What's that like? Like, what, what would be a typical day like for um, someone who plays baseball here at IMG? Yeah, it's not a conventional school, you know, that's for sure. They'll, they'll get up, you know, in the morning, you know, grab some breakfast by, like, 6.30 or so. They're in class by about 7.45. And they'll have classes until about 12.15, uh, usually just core classes. Um, then from there, they'll go, you know, get a bite to eat. And we start early work at 1.30 every day. Uh, so they'll work on a particular part of their game until about 2.10 or so. And then we go into a stretching routine. Uh, from there, we have arm care and, and, and throwing program. And then they'll break into their, you know, respective teams. And they'll practice until usually about 4, 4, 4.30. 
as uh, what the practice times, and they'll cover everything. I mean, they'll do individual skill work on the defensive side. Uh, they'll do a lot of things on the hitting side of things. We'll use a lot of our forms of technology, you know, to work with our guys. They'll do team fundamentals uh, that they'll cover on a daily basis. Uh, like I said, when they wrap up by 4.30, they'll then at that point either head to a lifting session, which they'll lift in the offseason. They're going to lift four times a week. Uh, preseason, they lift three times. And then when we get into season, it's two times a week. Uh, so they'll either lift or they'll have an APD session. And APD is athletic and personal development, which consists of a lot of different types of disciplines, uh, mental uh, They'll have mental training. They'll have, they might have a nutrition class. They might have a leadership class, vision, speed enhancement, yoga. So there's a lot of dis different disciplines that they'll be exposed to, to just everything that kind of is, um, you know, going to help them on the baseball fields. It's things that are applicable, the things that are going to help them improve their game, whether on the mental side, the physical side, uh, to just make them the best player that they can be. Usually their day is going to be wrapped up by 6 o'clock or so. They'll head to, you know, grab dinner, and then from there they'll have study tables just like you'd see at a, at a, at a college level uh, where they'll have an hour, hour and a half of study tables and then get up the next day and repeat. Are, are the food, is the food and everything like here on campus? It's all on campus, yeah. So we have three dorms, um, and, and you know, I'd say probably 75 to 80% of our student-athletes live right here. Uh, there's eight sports on campus. Uh, and then we have a uh, campus center that has uh, a little food court, but then like a regular buffet line where they can get whatever they want. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, geez, I don't even know where to begin with that. So what, what would it be uh, a typical age? Like, is it someone who hasn't been re recruited maybe and they're uh, like a post-year or like fifth year of high school? Or is it someone, a freshman? Like, what, what's the typical age range? It varies. For the baseball program, you know, we, we have a couple kids that are in sixth grade, but normally the earliest that they can come in is the seventh grade. Uh, we will take a kid or two that's younger if they're talented to show that they can handle that level of play. Um, so, again, we have a, a middle school freshman program uh, that has about, you know, close to 20 kids in it. And then we have a JV team uh, that has uh, about 18, 19 kids on that, and then seven varsity teams. So the majority of our kids are, are really from ninth grade to seniors in high school. And then we do have a post-grad program. To your point, kids that have graduated uh, maybe didn't get the baseball opportunity coming out of high school, and they feel, hey, they just need another year of development. And this gives them a chance not to burn a year of eligibility, come in, play a very good schedule. They're going to play junior colleges. They're going to play Division II JV teams. And just hopefully get them the exposure that they need to continue their careers on it at some level, at, at some collegiate level, um, you know, whether that be Division three, two, one, junior college, whatever, whatever it is. Are there are the teams ranked? Like, uh, do you have like a national, like the, the best team, and then it's like kind of like A team, B team, or how does it kind of go? Yeah, down? it's uh, with our varsity teams. Uh, we do have a national team. Uh, that's the, the top team that we have. Uh, they play at a national level, play at tournaments throughout the country. They're playing in Arizona in a couple weeks. They'll head down to Huntsville, Alabama, playing a big uh, prep baseball report uh, tournament down there. So there's a lot of uh, high-end tournaments that they're going to participate in. That team's going to consist of a majority of Division One players. Uh, for example, that team last year won the national championship. Um, they had six draft picks, which is, I think, set a high school record. Uh, three of which were taken in the top two rounds. So that's a very high-end team uh, that we're able to put together. And then we have a second national team that's very talented with several Division One players, certainly not as talented as the top team. 
And then uh, after that, we have two junior national teams, which are sophomores and younger, that we've identified as talented kids, but we want them to play at a varsity level. And then three additional varsity teams after that that we kind of – you know, spread it out a little bit so it's not necessarily tiered. They're all teams that are going to be very competitive in the state of Florida, uh, just not as high-end as maybe as our top two teams. And so when it really comes down to, um, you know, coming here, it really is a place where player development is mm-hmm. going to be, right, highly emphasized. So how does that work? Is it the, the coaches on the team of the player, they come up with individual plans for each player and their development? Yeah, it's a good question. They do. I mean, we identify, you know, those areas in the fall. Uh, In the fall, we're not in teams at that point. Uh, During the fall, we break them out by positions. So all our middle infielders work together, all our corner infielders, our outfielders, catchers, and so on, pitchers, they all stay in the same group. So really in the fall, it's going to be all about development, you know, utilizing a lot of technology, really identifying what those weaknesses are, and kind of working with the kids on a very individual basis. Uh, We do play games, but it's really based on classes that they're in and and really try to get the kids in front of a lot of college coaches at that time. So some of the perfect game tournaments down in Fort Myers or we'll host our own events right here at IMG just to give our kids and get them to play in front of schools. Uh, But usually we'll only play about 10 or 12 games in the fall. Um, When we come back after the holiday break, uh, that's when we announce our teams. and, And at that point... You know, it still is very much about development, but now we're more in a team setting. So we break off into our 10 teams at that point. Uh, They'll play a a 25-game high school schedule. But now you can also add in about another 10 or 15 games with the amount of international competition that we're able to play. We have teams that will come here and train and stay for a period of time. So that gives our teams, you know, additional opportunities to play games. Um, so, and we try to keep our rosters very manageable. So we're not going to have a roster of 22 to 25 guys, right? Our rosters are going to be probably between 16 to 18. So that's going to maximize, you know, playing time. And then also the experience and development. Ultimately, development is really what we're trying to achieve, you know, with all the players that come through here. Do most of the kids who come here, and you might have already answered this, they, are they already committed to a college or do they come here, they want to get better by the player development and all the incredible you know, staff you have here and facilities and everything, but they also want to be seen too? Yeah, I'd say that's a big part of it. You know, I think that they really are looking to develop and get better, but you know, most of our kids are not committed when they come here. Okay. You know, really just our top-end guys that will come in are maybe committed as juniors or seniors. But for the most part, our kids are really just trying to get better and trying to be seen. Um, and, and looking for, you know, some kind of opportunity at a higher level, you know, whatever that may be. And we've had, you know, quite a few success stories with guys coming in at, as maybe sophomores and juniors with no opportunities and leaving here with maybe good, solid Division One opportunities, maybe a Division Three opportunity at a really good academic school. So every case is different, but, you know, normally we place a very high percentage of our kids into colleges, uh, you know, and, and especially, you know, chances to play. And then if I want to do, say I'm, I'm, I'm a high school athlete, like I want to come here, 
do you just take anybody or do you have to go through a certain process? Yeah, it was a lot less selective, you know, five, six years ago. You, you know, now that we're actually on a waiting list, we, we have the, uh, the luxury, I should say, of being a lot more selective. So how do we evaluate? We'll have kids that will come in and work out. We'll, we'll use our camps in a lot of ways to really identify talent. Our coaches are out there working with them every day, so we're looking for kids that are coachable, uh, kids that can apply the things that, that, that we're working with them on. And then, uh, and then kind of try to see if that kid might have interest in attending the academy. So, um, you know, th th those are usually the ways. Uh, we'll just have a lot of kids that just know about us, and, and they'll come in and, and want to visit. So, again, we are a lot more selective than we were in the past, you know, that we are going to be on a waiting list. Uh, you know, it does give us the, the opportunity to do that. Uh, but the truth is, is that, you know, I don't want to give the impression that every kid that's going to come out of here is a Division One player. They're not. You know, we have different – skill levels uh, the one thing you'll find consistent with a lot of the kids that come here they're going to be very very passionate uh, they got to be willing to sacrifice because as i said this is not the normal high school experience yeah. so very similar to being a college athlete as you would know uh you know it's academics are number one baseball is going to be a close second right yeah. with the amount of time that you're going to spend and then your social life though you have one it's a distant third you know so that's the part of it that, that's a lot different and kids have to realize that there is a, a level of sacrifice and a huge time commitment if you're going to invest in, in a place like this. Are there are there scholarships? As I know you said uh, before, in like tuition years, just over eighty thousand. Mm -hmm. um, do you give scholarships or? How it's based on financial need, okay. really. Uh, you know, are there times when we can identify a kid and be able to try to help a kid out? But for the most part, it's really based on the money that we have available, based on financial need. Yeah, and I, you know, I, um, I think it is so important in a sense, not important, but it can be so helpful for, for a high school kid if he's able to move away from home, live here, um, plus, you know, kind of in a sense, like you just said, do the college thing while in high school, it's going to give him a head start in college, like the maturity and everything like that, um, because he's going to be able to know how to live away from home, take care of himself a little bit more. Um, I think it's going to probably prepare him a little bit more. And I'm sure you probably see that development process, um, especially – I know you were a college coach, so I'm sure you're used to players being homesick and things like that. Sure, so, yeah. Um, do you notice that a lot here with some of the kids, that they're homesick at first when they get here? And they, they are. I mean, let's face it, especially some of the younger ones that come in as maybe eighth grade or freshmen, even sophomores, right, that just never really spend any time away from home, and now they're in a whole new environment. You know, the common thread of all of them, though, is their passion and love of the game. And I think that's the part of it that makes that transition a whole lot easier for the kids. But we still run into it. But to your point, yeah, this is probably a lot more like a college program or even a minor league instructional league than it is a conventional high school. So in a lot of it, it's kind of nice to hear our kids when they do go off to college and I get calls in the fall or email or our coaches do as well but saying how much more prepared they were and how they were really able to hit the ground running, you know, when they get, because there wasn't a whole lot that was foreign to them because in a lot of ways that they've experienced it, being away, playing in a high-pressure environment, playing with a lot of kids that are very good as well, you know, a lot of high-end competition that they're facing. Uh, so I think in that way the, the preparation, um, you know, has really uh, it, it helped them in, in, in being prepared to play at that higher level. So in the summertime, do the kids go back home or go to a summer team, or do they just stay here? 
Uh, we'll have a few that'll stay here, but the majority will play for summer teams. You know, that's the really the heart of the recruiting and uh, time of the year anyway. And, and we want to be able to get our kids out playing with different travel teams, playing around the country so they are seen. So we, we really encourage our kids to, to get off, get out, and play with their travel teams. And uh, I think that's going to help them, you know, with exposure. So your title, Director of Baseball, um, what exactly do you do? You know, I'm like a general manager in a lot of ways. Uh, I, along with, uh, you know, John Russell, who John Russell used to be the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, most recently was the bench coach of the Baltimore Orioles. It's a great addition. And we work very close together in putting our rosters, you know, you know where they need to be, um, you know, evaluating talent all the time. Um, so I'm overseeing kind of the daily operation of our program. So from the academy side, the camp side, the team training, uh, you know, the professional training that, that occurs here. Uh, but my main responsibility really is our academy kids and just making sure that they're having a good experience, that they're developing, uh, bringing in staff. And I would say that, you know, we've got tremendous facilities, you know, state-of-the-art technology, but the biggest asset of our program is our coaches, you know, guys that played collegiately, guys that coach collegiately, played professionally, coach professionally. So I think our coaching staff being able to oversee them, putting guys in the right position to work with the right teams. Um, you know, I, I would say that uh, is something that, that is, is very big responsibility of mine. It's something I take a lot of pride in and, uh, and just bringing in the right people to deliver to our players. Yeah, and I can definitely attest to the staff. I mean, I, I was uh, coming up here to, to do this interview with you, and I walked over and, and saw Andy Revel. Mm-hmm. who I played for at Xavier, which threw me off because I had no idea he was here. And um, he's an awesome coach. And I remember sure. he, I was a senior um, at Xavier and played for him for a year and just a um, great guy, which is more important, definitely, but um, knows a lot about the game too. And um, so, yeah, to your point, yeah, definitely the staff, staff is great. Now, another thing that I've seen before online in different videos, there's a lot of pro guys train here too. Sure. So are you in charge of if a baseball player wants to train here in the offseason, do they have to go through you too? They do. Or, or Nick Phelps, who's our uh, kind of our business development coordinator and, and also runs our camps. Uh, so our business on the pro side was a lot bigger a few years ago. Um, you know, we, we're still seeing guys coming in to train prior to going to spring training. But a lot of the spring training sites now – you know, have the guys in early, and they have pretty much everything that we have to offer between the weight rooms and the facilities and personnel to help, you know, with the players. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of involved, very much involved, just not at the level uh, that it was maybe, you know, five, four or five years ago. So this is your seventh year here at IMG. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, you were head coach Miami, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually played against you. I remember playing played sure. against you, um, and you you're pretty good friends, really good friends with uh, my former college coach Scott Guggins. He's Correct. now at University of Cincinnati. What uh, what kind of led you to make the decision to, to leave the college game? Because you'd been there for you know in the college game for a long time, very successful. Um, to take uh, not risk, but in a sense, just take the leap of faith to, to come down here and do something that at the time really was unheard of. Yeah, it wasn't easy. I will tell you that. And it's a great question and something I often go back to and and think about um, because I love coaching college. I really enjoyed working with the kids. I love Miami. Um, Some of my best friends are in the game and and still are in the game. And um, I just felt like this was something, a very unique opportunity that doesn't come around very often. 
and uh, I saw the vision and, and saw how I could affect that vision. Uh, and at first, I didn't think there was any chance that I was going to leave college baseball. But the more that I researched, the more that I did, and the more that I felt like, hey, this is something that, that really is, uh, agrees with me, and, and, and my wife was very excited about coming down here as well, <laughs> um, it was time for a change. It was time to do something different. So it was a big risk. Uh, but as it's turned out, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. I love the people that I'm working with, uh, the staff. You know, I, as I said, I, it, they're very, it's a great group of guys to work with. And uh, I think to that end, you know, making that jump uh, and now looking back was, was probably the best thing for me. Do you miss the, the actual coaching, though? Do you actually get out there and coach some of the guys just because you miss – I'm sure you miss yeah. it. I still do. Yeah, yeah, I still from time to time will go out and not as much as I would like to because a lot of the my daily, uh, you know, really the expectations for me are a lot more of, of the business side now. I am fortunate enough that I do a lot of international clinics where I can get right in with kids. I've been to Korea three times. I've been to Australia. Uh, I've been to the Dominican Republic. I've been to London. You know, so I've done quite a bit of international travel uh, with doing camps and clinics. So that kind of I kind of get to scratch the itch, you know, and, 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 and really get out there and work with the kids, uh, you know, with the international camps that we do. So you guys go do international as well. We do. Yeah, we do. We have quite a few kids. You know, if you're going to look, we have uh, seven kids right now that are in our program from Korea. We have 11 from Japan. Wow. We've got three from China, several from Latin America. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, in it. we're definitely international as far as the kids that, that are in our program. And then, you know, do a lot with our team business. You know, we just had two teams from Seoul, South Korea, a university team and a high school team. So a lot when I do travel is just trying to, you know, look into more business opportunities and bringing in teams, bringing in kids for camp and certainly kids to, to attend our academy and play. Geez, uh, you're everywhere, man. I mean, Dan, you're, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess one of my questions is when you go to like Korea, a place like that, are you, is your pitch kind of, Hey, like you come here, like we have everything you possibly need to develop your players to get better. You know, that's the pitch, but I think a lot of it is just our interaction and the connections that we're forming while we're there. I mean, there's a language barrier you know, we do have interpreters, but it's really to show them our style and how we go about it and how we develop players. It's a short amount of time, but you hope you, you leave them wanting more. And I think that's the biggest thing where we can kind of show between the facilities, you know, our first-class coaching staff, you know, you're hoping that these kids get a, get a taste of, of what it's like and maybe want to attend a camp. And then a lot of ways that's what happens. You know, they'll come for a week camp and say, all right, yeah, now let's pursue the academy. Let, let's maybe go after the academy because, you know, we get to experience what it's like here. And it does. The camps give them a really good taste of the coaches, the facilities, and kind of what a day would be like if they were actually attending the academy. What's your vision for IMG in the future? Um, you know, I want to become the premier destination for amateur baseball, and I think we're well on our way. I really do. I, I just want to have it where we, um, you know, we continue to turn out very good players, but turn out good people. You know, not everybody that comes through this academy is, is playing Division One or playing professional baseball. But I think the one thing that's special, our coaches form genuine connections with these kids. And as much as they're developing them as players, they're developing them as young men. And, and to me, that's, that's the most important thing. You know, th these kids are leaving here with a very good experience from the baseball side, but also from just uh, being a student athlete. Uh, so my vision is just to kind of continue to move it forward, bringing in good people. Um, 
you, you know, hopefully we can see it even grow a little bit. How much more can we grow? You know, I don't know. There's only so many games we can play in the yeah. state of Florida. And quite frankly, even as an academy, we're getting very close to capacity. You know, but I think that the, the more we can do, we can, we can stay innovative. Uh, we, you know, we're exploring a lot of forms of technology right now. So I just want to, you know, be, like I said, the premier destination for, for amateur baseball. Did I see when I, when I drove in, is that like IMG's personal hotel? It is, yeah. So we have, we have our own hotel on campus just built, and actually we're getting ready and plans are in place for maybe even build an extended stay hotel for another one. So, so yeah, it's a great addition where teams can come in, players can come in, they, they have a place to stay. You know, we have other housing options as well. A lot of times they'll stay in the dorms. Um, so, yeah, I know you've only seen a little par portion yeah. of it, but it's, you know, you get over 500 acres here, and wow. uh, there, there's, a lot, uh, there's a lot to offer. And did I hear you say uh, before we started this podcast that there's plans to build another facility on campus? Yeah, well, when we say facility, I mean, we're going to still do some expansion here. I mean, I, I think we would like to get into a little bit more of event type things where we could even host some bigger tournaments, you know, from the baseball side. Uh, so does that include maybe additional fields or, you know, maybe even a building that can house offices and, and locker rooms and those types of things? You know, I'm not saying it's in the near future, but that's something, that, you know, down the road, you know, that we're going to be looking to, to get into. So, you know, for right now, I, I think that uh, we have pretty much everything we need, especially for the numbers that we have. But, you know, I would say in a few years, you know, we want to continue to get bigger and better. So that may include, you know, some additional facilities as well. So when you say uh, tournaments and stuff, does that eventually mean like perfect game type? Possibly. You yeah. know, we've already doing, we have a great relationship with Prep Baseball Report. They're already doing several events. We've got college showcases with, with Showball and a few other people that we're working closely with. So I think there's, there's potential to expand on that even more. I really do. So uh, I think that's kind of the goal, uh, to bring in some bigger events and, and uh, just continuing to grow that end of our business. Uh, as I said, we're getting very close to, you know, maximum amount of kids that we can have in the pro program. Uh, but I think there's certainly other things that we can explore. Awesome. Dan, um, one, of the, one of the things that I, I like kind of doing sometimes at the end is just get, leaving you the, the mic for a second. If there's anything you want to say uh, to you know, kids out there, parents, coaches, or just anything in general, like you're more than welcome to, to say anything you want right now. Yeah, no, I, you know, this, yeah, I really appreciate you first having me. You know, mm -hmm. I think this is, this is great to talk a little bit about our program, but uh, – but, yeah, no, listen, if, you, if you're looking for an option and maybe looking into camp or, or the academy, uh, please go on our website. You know, I think there's a lot of information there. You can kind of get an idea of the facilities and the coaching backgrounds of the staff that we have. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit biased, but I, it's a special place, and, and there's a lot of really special things happening. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks again for um, listening to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. Really hope you enjoyed this episode with Dan Simons. Um, if you enjoy not just this episode, but all of the episodes, um, please make sure to head on over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It, it would mean a ton, and it really helps get the word out um, about all the awesome guests I've been able to have on the show. So thanks again, and we'll see everyone next week.